thanks for tuning in to our second episode of Library Cooks. I'm Erin. And I'm Jennifer. And I wanted to give a special shout out to some of our um, listeners. This is our second podcast. And I want to thank those people, you know who you are, who shared um, information about our podcast on social media. So I just want to say thank you for that. And I got some really great feedback. So thank you very much. You know who you are. We really appreciate all your feedback. Yes. So today uh, we are going to be talking about Kentucky cookbooks. We've broken our own rule already of only doing three cookbooks total. We have <laughs> four total because we have a very tiny book about mint juleps and we just didn't think that that counted. So it's... It's an extra. It's a bonus. Yes, you got a bonus one this time. Yes. So the first book that we're going to talk about is actually by a Kentucky author, but it's not specifically Kentucky recipes. Um, It's Southern Girl Meets Vegetarian Boy by Damaris Phillips. And this is the one that we both made the same recipe from. Uh, We made the pimento cheese baked rice out of this one. And I just want to point out up front, I'm a vegetarian, which I told you last time, and insert the joke about how we know someone's a vegetarian. They'll tell you, here, I... Did not really like this one as a vegetarian. I felt like it was too complicated. I, in my 10 years of being a vegetarian, have never made my own fake meats. I don't intend to, really. Um, No, not when you can buy really good ones. Yeah. (laughs) And so I feel like if I had picked this book up as a beginning vegetarian, if this was out 10 years ago, I wouldn't have made anything from it. I would have just put it back like, ooh, no, and then maybe kind of reconsidered. This looks really hard. And it's really not. It's really not hard. So I will add it is a beautiful book. The photography is very nice in it. Um, it's well designed. Yeah. And the recipes seem pretty good. The photography is good, like Jennifer said. But I just really felt like some of the vegetarian recipes in particular were very complicated to do. Um, it seemed like you could definitely see her strength is in the meat recipes or the omnivore recipes, if you prefer. That's right. I think she had really sound recipes. They were just very complicated. Yeah, too too hard for someone who wants to start off being a vegetarian or a seasoned vegetarian yeah. like Erin. There is something to be said about making things easier for yourself and having to work extra hard for a recipe really isn't. If you don't have to do that, you shouldn't have to. Right. So let's make it simple. So, yeah. Simplicity is key for me. Yes. So what we made um, is the pimento cheese baked rice. And um, the recipe itself, it calls for roasted red peppers instead of pimento peppers. And she wanted you to roast your own, but she gave you a process that takes 70 minutes to complete And I didn't do that. I ended up, I roasted my own peppers, but I did not do it with this method. I ended up using the same method from our book last time, Chrissy Teigen's book on for roasting the jalapeno peppers. Well, I already, I actually had, I cheated and I had a jar of roasted red peppers and I just used those and they tasted fine um, in the recipe. Mm-hmm. And I beat sort of, I made, again, we went back to this whole idea of simplicity uh, is key. Yeah, definitely a little bit complicated for pimento cheese. Now that I, having said that, I roast my own peppers for pimento cheese regularly because my husband and I are pimento cheese people. We <laughs> really, we make it with various cheeses. So this recipe actually was slightly disappointing for me. Yes. And I love pimento cheese too. And pimento cheese is a big deal in my house as well. 
So overall, I think we felt like this was a a disappointment. Yeah, <laughs> recipe. Yeah. I, this one was not super successful for me. I, it turned out, I think, the way it was supposed to, but I don't like it. Um, in it particular, was, it called for American cheese uh, as well as the cheddar, and I like my pimento cheese to be pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree. think the American cheese kind of ruined it. It's bland. It's very bland, and it's kind of ugly. The picture (laughs) in the book is a beautiful picture. What comes out does not look like that, and it looks like soup for a really long time. And then looks pudding, like pudding. And it tastes like pudding. It tastes like cheese rice pudding, and not not one I'll make again, I don't think, unless I make it up myself. Yeah, I think think you could take this recipe and and really – do something more with it. Yeah, I would use a sharper cheese. Um, I would maybe put in a stronger pepper than just a roasted bell pepper. I would also maybe not follow the instructions with the eggs and the milk. Maybe just do a cheese rice bake. Just make your pimento cheese with your mayo the regular way and then mix it all and bake it. That I, way, yeah. I think, would fix it so it's not cheese rice pudding. Yeah, because basically it sounds like you're making almost like you said Almost like if you had corn, you'd make a corn pudding. Yeah. But you're using cheese. We don't. <laughs> yeah. It seem right to me. So well, I really, really, and I know I'm kind of ragging on this book. I really wanted to like it because yes. my husband and I are the minority in our family. We're the only vegetarians. And so anything that offers recipes where you can really easily swap out is really attractive to me. But yeah. this wasn't the one. Yeah. This was just kind of a, a blip on the radar of cookbook recipes not not the best yeah but we tried and that and, yes. that, and that's the key you know uh, using your cookbooks to reading the recipe like we talked about last time really looking at the recipe what does it call for and you know when you start to uh, find, find confidence in your cooking mm-hmm. you will find that you looked like Aaron said you could look at that recipe and you could say I could change that and I can make it better and in this re- in this regard I think you could take this recipe and make it great. But just not this particular. Yeah, the I think the idea is a very good idea. Yeah. I think who does like that's pimento why, cheese? Yeah, I think that's why we picked it. We were like, ooh, a kind of fancy yeah. pimento cheese. But um, maybe if you smoke gouda instead of American, you could still follow the recipe and yeah. have something sharper or put actual pimentos in because roasted red peppers are pretty mild. So yeah, that's true. Pimentos have a little bit of that. You need a bite. Bite to yes. them. Yes, it needs yeah. to be sharp and it needs to have a bite. Otherwise, it's just not pimento cheese to no. me. No, so. that's maybe we just you know broke the rule of pimento cheese. Yeah, make it pimento cheese. Yes, <laughs> yes, make it pimento cheese and then. Bake some rice in it. And I think, yeah, I just think do you'll it later. Have it. Yeah. <laughs> so I chose to look at a book, and again, this is going to sound like the cheese episode. I also <laughs> did a cheese, more cheese. Uh, I'm going to sound like I'm, I'm. We promise it's the Kentucky cookbook. Yes, not yes. just cheese. <laughs> so I I looked at a really great. Great cookbook. Bluegrass Gatherings, Entertaining Through Kentucky Seasons. And this was put out by Junior League of Louisville. And this is an actual older version. I'm sure I didn't have a chance to check, but I believe there's probably a newer version of this cookbook. It's a beautiful book. It is broken up into, again, seasons. It has things from your derby days to Oktoberfest for spring days, picnics, you name it. If there's something you can make, have a 
entertaining someone mm-hmm. or your family, this this cookbook is great. And I will say I made two things out of this cookbook that were great, one of which was the beer cheese. And this is not your typical beer cheese. Mm. This beer cheese was actually from the area of the book that's about Oktoberfest, not Derby. But it called for Gouda. And I saw the Ooh. word Gouda and I was like, yes, I'm really interested in this beer cheese that yes. says Gouda in it. This is made almost like you are going to make a roux. Oh, cool. You use butter, you use flour, you use your beer. Don't use light beer. Yes. <laughs> use a good strong beer. You need to have the flavor in there. Some cream. And then, of course, your Gouda. And then you're going to make this over the stove. Uh-huh. And this is different because, you know, your typical beer cheese, you get all your cheeses, your cheddars, and you blend it up. You use your mm-hmm. food processor. Mm-hmm. You're adding your beer. Um, you're putting mustard. You're putting hot sauce in your regular beer cheese. I have to say I really enjoyed this. It's really great. I almost thought you could almost make this like a fondue. Ooh. You know, this idea and like dip bread. There's not much to this recipe, to be honest. What was the texture like with this It's kind of creamy. Yeah. Very creamy. Um, That's what made me think of the idea of a fondue. Mm -hmm. So it was very good. Like I said, this simple. Again, going back to our word simple. It calls for lager, but what kind of beer did you use? I actually used Samuel Adams, like the sort of the... Dark ale, cool, and it was um, good. I like I like dark beers. I don't I'm not. I like the yeah. red kind of red ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not someone who likes the really light beer. Yeah, I, but I'm, I'm not a Guinness person. It's too it's thick. A, like, it's a little middle, too in the middle. middle. Yeah, that, that's too much for me. It's too thick for me. Goodness, yeah. I want to like it. I just, I'm not, maybe yeah. I'm not strong, arty stock, and if Irish or something, <laughs> but I'm not sure. <laughs> not, oh, please, Guinness people, don't be mad. But it's a wonderful recipe. I will throw this out real quick that I did make, of course, me and my salad dressings. I I made another uh, because it had Benedictine dressing. Oh, wow. So I was thinking of spreads, mm-hmm. Benedictine spread, beer cheese, it's like a spread. Uh, this Benedictine dressing was like a cucumber sandwich, but creamy that you would add on a salad. Mm. It's delicious. It's simple, easy to make. And so I can't stress enough how much I enjoyed this Bluegrass Gatherings cookbook. Um, just fantastic book. Junior League of Louisville, shout out. It was very great. <laughs> well done. Yeah. So what did you make, Erin? So I made... Kentucky Burgoo from Flavors of Kentucky, which is uh, compiled by Herald Leader's food writer Sharon Thompson. Oh, okay. And the book is really beautiful. I, in particular, like how the ingredients are a different color than the recipe, so you can see really quickly where they are. My pet peeve hit again where it doesn't tell you how long the recipe is going to take ahead of time. What is up with that? I don't know. I think it's just... A style, and then the servings are at the end. So the Kentucky Burgoo, I did make a couple of edits to it. First of all, Burgoo can be made with any kind of meat that you want, any kind of stew meat. I like the header here says that when the out-of-state racing fans ask what's in Burgoo, native Kentuckians will sometimes tell them that rabbit, squirrel, pheasant, grouse, venison, quail, and a few vegetables. So if you're if you hunt, you can put your Put your meat in this and it'll work out pretty well. The other thing I did is I halved the recipe. It makes 10 to 12 servings, which is just too much for but if you were the ha- pair of us. But if you were, you know, entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you were entertaining, this would be a very, very easy stew to make. Do you um, think you could freeze it? 
Yes, I think you could freeze it. Absolutely. Okay, so you could make a lot maybe and freeze yeah. it. So you could do the whole recipe. Uh, the last thing I did to it is I left out the okra because I hate okra oh, so no. much. I really dislike okra. So I left it out and I thought it tasted very good. Interestingly, I had never had burgoo before this. Oh. Um, so I... this is the Keen- recipe from Keeneland, Turf Catering's recipe for burgoo. And... I'd never had it before I went vegetarian, so, but Jamie had had a, that's my husband, he had had a <laughs> version of it from somewhere else, and so I was really hoping that it would taste okay. So, he, you know somebody who could tell you yes. if it tasted. <laughs> yes. So, obviously, I adapted it um, to not be meat-based. Uh, so, what I did is I used a fake beef. Oh, um, okay. Gardein makes a fake beef tip. Oh, I've seen and those, so, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use that. And a little trick for all of you vegetarians out there that like to adapt meat recipes. If it calls for browning something, add a little bit of fat because fake meats can't render fat. No. So you want to get that flavor and that just kind of deepness that the fat gives you. So did you add butter? Did you use oil? I used olive oil for this, but if you're making like fake sausage gravy... I use butter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got to give it some kind of that little bit of... That undertone of fat is what you need. But the book is great because it's got recipes from local farms, and some of them are as simple as roasted asparagus, so it's not... Yes. It goes from asparagus to burgoo. It also has corn pudding, which is one of my personal favorite things. Oh, mine too. To eat. We might have to have a corn pudding cook-off. Yes, I think so. Because my household, uh, I'm the corn pudding person. I'm the Very one that cool. gets requested to make the corn pudding at Thanksgiving. So maybe we should do that. Yeah, we should. <laughs> I've actually never made corn pudding. My mom is the corn pudding ah. queen. So uh, get, get your mom's recipe. Yes, we'll get that <laughs> and we will try that. So really this recipe was crazy simple. It was just a lot of chopping mm-hmm. um, and then just combining things. It simmers for three hours. So it's a great slow cooker when I didn't do it, I did it on the stove um, in a giant stock pot. But you could very easily, I think, just dump it and go into oh. your crock pot. Um, it's that simple. Instructions are three sentences. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's he- pretty easy. Yeah. So you heat your oil, brown your meat, dump in your ingredients, let it simmer three hours, add your cornstarch to thicken it if you need it, and that's it. Well, like we talked about last time about looking at cookbooks is one of the things is we talk about the the like the story that comes along with mm-hmm. the recipe and that looks like it has some nice information about yes. a, a little bit about the recipe mm-hmm. and a little bit about Kentucky being part of this recipe of burgoo, which I think is important. And the other, the cookbook that I looked at, there was some mention of things about things that were happening at the time you would use this recipe. And like yeah. seasonal wise. So both cookbooks had some nice information about and what else to talk about is the state of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. They mentioned a lot about yes. Kentucky. And that's yes. very local flavors. This one has a hot brown in it also. Uh, but it talks about specifically Keeneland and turf catering, which they stopped being the concessions provider in 2015 at Keeneland. Uh, but this recipe is basically the same as it would have been in 1936. When oh, turf catering started. Um, I actually... I like that idea. Seen, that's neat. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I've seen even in very old magazines, uh, there's one called Kentucky Progress that is on our digital archive. And 
there is a recipe for burgoo for 500 <laughs> in it. It calls for something like 50 chickens and oh my. just just massive amounts of ingredients, but it's a very cool, cool thing. I uh, bet to see. you could yeah. feed an army with that. Much yes, <laughs> yes. I think it was for a derby party, um, but it was the recipe for five hundred. And I imagine I so could see people out down, with their yeah. big bats of, yes. uh, outside with you know probably yeah, the roasters and then just a like fire with the giant, giant spoon. Yeah. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There were a few pictures in that article, so that was very cool. Gosh. Cool thing to find while we were doing this. <laughs> so a little history research as well. It's a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very historical recipe, this burgoo. So our, our basically our bonus book mm-hmm. is The Kentucky Mint Julep, and this book was written by Colonel Joe Nickel. And this is a very cute little book. I I have to say I enjoyed I kind of enjoyed it just from the little little history of the yeah. of the julep uh, with the julep what a julep is uh, how different, to different ways to make yeah. a julep how to do your goblet correctly yes um, there are recipes for individual juleps as well as enough for a whole party <laughs> right. Um, and also, it's a very small book. I would say it's probably about four by six. Oh, so it's tiny. So it would fit in a little home bar very easily. Uh, I think that was the idea. Um, but here, here's the thing. I made a bartender's julep from this, and it tasted like toothpaste bourbon. <laughs> and not good. <laughs> it was not. It was not good. And I guess, I guess I just don't like mint juleps because when I kind of crowdsourced the idea that, you know, is this normal or did I just mess it up? Right. People were like, no, no, that that's how it tastes. So, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I would like to say that uh, I did not make a mint julep. I am not a big fan of mint anything. It's so, but I was interested. I, I like the idea that there's a drink mm-hmm. that goes with the derby. Yes. It just happens to be the mint julep, <laughs> which... I wish it was something else. Yes. But I have made one before, mm-hmm. and I realized, no. Is the key to your, basically your julep, is your bourbon. Yes. And your ice. Yes. And making your own simple syrup, you know, infused with the mint. Mm-hmm. You have to do it right. And the ice. I think ice is really important, yes, too. Yes, it has to be crushed. Crushed, crushed ice. ice is very important. And chilling your vessel, whether you use the silver julep cup or something else. Right. It needs to be frosted also. It's got to be nice and cold. When you make your syrup, you put it in. Uh, some recipes say to put a little bourbon in and let it steep mm-hmm. there. And I've let heard it get that, that before. And then pouring the rest of the bourbon and then mixing it really well with that ice to get it just super cold. Um, so maybe, maybe if it had been just really super cold, one of the recipes recommended freezing your glasses for like eight hours beforehand. I did not do that. <laughs> I maybe like maybe 20 minutes. Maybe that wasn't enough. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> it just, maybe it does need to be just crazy cold. And maybe that's the key good. to the Goodman Julep is that it's so cold and this, not to, uh, say anything 
you know, of like, yeah, if oh, you we, like mint juleps, yeah, we're not more saying, power to you. Yes. We are happy that someone out there likes mint juleps. Yes. And I would figure that if you drank enough of them, you would think they were And if it's when delicious. you're, you know, at the derby and it's hot and you're outside, I, I bet, bet it, it would be refreshing. Good. I bet it's refreshing. refreshing. Yeah. yeah. So it, I think it's a very specific drink for a very specific event. I don't know that many people just, I'm going to go out to dinner tonight and I'm going to have a mint julep. Um, yeah, no. But I think at the Derby, you know, if I ever went to the Derby, I would probably have one. Just you to definitely say have that to I have did. one if you go to the Derby. Yes, yes. Even if I, you don't like it, you should do it. Yes. I think so, <laughs> <laughs> um, But also offer, since you have all that mint, offer some mojitos for those that, yes. that don't, but still want the mint experience. Yes, I think that's, that's a good idea. Because, you know, if you're entertaining people, have your, you know, have some choice. Yes. Right? I just agree. Just let them mention Some choice, yes. <laughs> Or just drink the bourbon straight out. Yes. Or just have bourbon. Just yes. have bourbon. Yes. Um, my husband last night, and I gave him his mint julep. He's like, I think I'd rather have the bourbon. <laughs> yes. I, I'm going to agree with Jamie on that one. Yeah. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of Library Cooks, and we'll be back next month. Thanks for listening to Library Cooks, a cookbook review podcast from Lexington Public Library. The cookbooks reviewed in this episode were The Kentucky Mint Julep by Colonel Joe Nickel, Southern Girl Meets Vegetarian Boy by Damaris Phillips, Flavors of Kentucky by Sharon Thompson, and Bluegrass Gatherings Entertaining Through Kentucky Seasons by Junior League of Louisville. enjoyed listening please take a minute to subscribe rate and review the podcast on apple Podcasts and stitcher if you have any questions for us about the cookbooks we reviewed or books you would like us to review you can contact us at our website www.lexpublive.org slash podcast i'm jennifer and i'm erin and we'll be back next time with more cookbooks and recipes to share